Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Are we at Mormonism Research Ministry motivated by prejudice, intolerance, pride, and malice? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. As you can probably imagine, because we are critical of the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that a lot of members of this church might take exception to that. And sometimes they will express their disagreements with us and usually accompany some of those disagreements with accusations regarding what they feel is our motivation behind what we do. One of them came from an individual member by the name of Thomas who sent us an email expressing really a lot of his opinions. And, and I think you and I would agree, Eric, it would have been more helpful if Thomas had given us some specific problems that he saw in what we were doing, rather than these blanket accusations with no real evidence to back up those accusations. It's not that we don't take accusations seriously. We always want to make it a point as Christians to do self-reflection, that we are not acting in a way that does not honor Christ. But sometimes these statements that we get from some Latter-day Saints who just don't like the criticism at all, they will accuse us of things that are kind of difficult for them to prove, at least by what we have actually written. And if Thomas were here, we could say, could you give us an example? I used to teach English uh, at both the high school and college level, so I had to teach essay writing. And one of the things that I had to work with students so much, with the ninth grade especially, was not just to write essays full of opinion. And as we're going to be covering this this week, you're going to see that I believe his entire email is just full of opinion with no supporting facts. And so what we would teach the students is they had to, for every paragraph, have a topic sentence, but they also then had to have what we called concrete details, factual statements that supported that topic sentence. And so concrete detail, concrete detail, and then have a commentary or possibly two commentaries that would go with that. And then go another concrete detail, another concrete detail commentary. That is what we need from Thomas is to give us specifics to help us understand what his criticism is, because right now it's just mere subjective opinion. Well, in yesterday's show, we were addressing one of the statements that he made. He asked, do you feel a duty to quote-unquote save LDS followers from a false religion? And as you explained quite appropriately in yesterday's show, we really don't save anybody. Of course, it's the Holy Spirit that convicts the heart. God uses us as instruments to present information that the Holy Spirit will use. And that's what we're trying to do here. If we were to answer that question that we do feel a duty to share what we believe to be true with members of the LDS Church, because we do see them believing, as we understand it, false doctrine, then shouldn't that be the end of the discussion? Because 
isn't that what LDS missionaries are sharing with us? Why is it okay for LDS missionaries to come to our doors, to come on our property, knock on our doors, or call us up on the phone to share with us what they believe to be true? I certainly don't respond with letters like this when I receive a visit from the LDS missionaries. I'm very kind to them. I welcome them. I know they're trying to share with me what they believe to be true. I respect that. Let's have a conversation. But sometimes when it's the Christian that is doing the questioning, naturally some Latter-day Saints do feel uncomfortable about that. They probably should feel uncomfortable about that. So I think if this is our motivation is to share what we believe to be true with them because we believe that they are engaged in a false doctrine, then that should be the end of it. But he goes on to say, "...it is the Holy Spirit which guides a man to faith and divine knowledge." No argument from us there. And then he goes on to say, preachers, missionaries, and prophets are merely instruments that the Holy Spirit uses. I think I just said that. I agree with that. He's right. That's how God works. He uses fallible human beings to present God's truth, and then the Holy Spirit takes it from there. But then he asks this interesting question. Do you feel like your work comes about from the Holy Spirit? I would argue it does not. Now, how can we answer that question when he seems to have already shut us down? Even if we were to say yes to that question, and we would, he doesn't believe us. Okay, I get that. If you don't believe us, then at least give us some evidence that would support that presupposition that you have. He just says clearly, I would argue it does not. Bill, he continues on and says, It is not a work which pursues truth with honesty, humility, and love. It is instead one of prejudice, intolerance, pride, and malice. It is very clearly a campaign to discredit, demean, and destroy another religion because of your own ill feelings toward it. Do you find a lot of judgment here in his statements? A little bit. And I think there's a lot of assumptions there that it would be difficult for him to really prove, except for the fact that he has a subjective feeling towards what we are doing. And And again, I want to say I understand that. Because we are, in fact, challenging a lot of truth claims that this individual holds. But to say that we are not pursuing this topic with honesty, humility, and love, the problem I have with that statement, Eric, is we have received emails from other Latter-day Saints who say just the opposite, that we do pursue this topic with honesty, humility, and love. So what is it that this individual is not seeing that several other Latter-day Saints who have written us are seen. He doesn't like what we're doing, and naturally he's going to look at us through that lens and assume that we're not being honest, but what is it that we've said that isn't honest? What is it that's not true? It's not that we can't make a mistake and that we can have opinions that he may not agree with, but where is it specifically that we have said something that is an outright lie? In other words, we know we're saying something that is not true. He needs to have concrete details. And when he says honesty, humility, and love, this is, again, judgmental. When Then he says that instead, one of prejudice, intolerance, pride, and malice. Again, without having any 
article in front of us, anything that we've had on our site. You may disagree with us, but I think, Bill, Latter-day Saint leaders say we have every obligation to be able to give the other side and to meet in the middle. Let's discuss this. As, as it says in Isaiah chapter 1, come, let us reason together. Well, you have statements, for instance, from Hubie Brown. Hubie Brown was a member of the First Presidency, and he talks about this pursuit of truth, but he makes some very interesting comments, and this is found in his book, The Abundant Life, page 51, where he says, Be dauntless in your pursuit of truth and resist all demands for unthinking conformity. He goes on and says, No one would have you become mere tape recorders of other people's thoughts. Be modest and teachable and seek to know the truth by study and also by faith. There have been times when progress was halted by thought control. Tolerance and truth demand that all be heard and that competing ideas be tested against each other so that the best, which might not always be your own, can prevail. Knowledge is most complete and dependable when all points of view are heard. Now, Thomas says that we are not tolerant. We're, we're intolerant, he says. But how is he understanding that? When Hubie Brown says, no one would have you become mere tape recorders of other people's thoughts, he says, tolerance and truth demand that all be heard and that competing ideas be tested against each other so that the best, which might not always be your own, can prevail. Doesn't it seem to show that that's exactly what we are doing when in the great majority of all we say and write are citations from their church? It's not like we are making a blanket accusation and just saying Mormonism's wrong and that's it, and you should just take our opinion and walk away with that. No, we are stating our case by citing their own material. We are actually doing what Hugh B. Brown says we are supposed to do. We cite them, we critique them, and then we give a counter-argument, and you're going to find that many times our counter-argument is something from the New Testament, which reads just the opposite of what that LDS leader or manual or book has said. That same Hubie Brown, again, a member of the First Presidency, said, Now I have mentioned freedom to express your thoughts, but I caution you that your thoughts and expressions must meet competition in the marketplace of thought, and in that competition, truth will emerge triumphant. Only air needs to fear freedom of expression. Seek truth in all fields, and in that search you will need at least three virtues, courage, zest, and modesty. And that comes from Continuing the Quest, page 201. The fact does remain, though, that we are making statements that, of course, are critical of a person's personal religious beliefs. We are more cognizant than most, I think, that we know that that is a very tender area in which to explore. We're very aware of that. And we have often, when we teach at churches, we express that. Be careful how you say certain things to an individual because they do hold these beliefs dear. There's a way of saying things that hopefully will get them to listen to why you are saying what you are saying. And that's what we try very hard to do. So when we hear the accusation that we're doing this out of prejudice, intolerance, pride, and malice, I have to ask, well, what have we actually prejudged when we're citing a statement 
that is in print in a Mormon manual or such, are we prejudging or are we going by what we're actually reading? I would say it would be the latter. It's not that we're intolerant of Latter-day Saints. We live among Latter-day Saints. We would certainly allow them to believe what they believe, but realize, though, folks, in order to be tolerant, you have to, first of all, have a disagreement. And here's the problem here. This gentleman has a disagreement, and he says, we're the ones that are intolerant. I allow for disagreement between what I believe and what Latter-day Saints believe, and I can live with that. I just want the opportunity to be able to express why I disagree. I love what Brown says there in that citation that I gave. Only air needs to fear freedom of expression. And that goes along with what J. Reuben Clark, another member of the First Presidency, said. He said, if we have the truth... It cannot be harmed by investigation. If we have not the truth, it ought to be harmed. That's an excellent statement, and I don't think a lot of Latter-day Saints really grasp the impact of what J. Reuben Clark was saying there. Now, here again, (laughs) what are we doing? We're agreeing with these LDS leaders that we have just cited. I think in this particular area, they're expressing what I would agree is true. So how is that being intolerant? I'm at least embracing what they are saying, and then I'm going to use what they are saying to give examples of why I might disagree in other areas. At least allow me, based on what these leaders have said, to present my case. It's not out of prejudging them. It's not about being intolerant. It's not a matter of pride or malice. If we want what's best for the Latter-day Saint, not only in this life and in the next, how could that be an act of malice? I just don't see how it qualifies as being described that way. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.